everybody put your hands together.
Good evening out there. You already know it's your girl, author and literary personality, Destiny Carter, and you are officially on a date with Destiny Season 16. We are rolling right along, and tonight we have a first-timer in the house, author Ingrid Brown. We're going to talk about her book, Miss Sadie's Song. We're going to get right into it. Ingrid, are you here? Yes, I am. Well, welcome to date night. Thank you for inviting me. How are you this evening? Well, I'm doing fine. The weather is clear. I'm just doing really fine today. I'm doing good, too. We're going to get in and talk about, this is your second novel, um, Miss Sadie's Song. So what genre would you say that this book would be classified in? Uh, Miss Sadie's song would be classified as historical romance. Okay. It starts in the 20s, uh, early 20s, and it it ends um, in the early 70s. Okay. Now, and I wanted to put that out there because um, your main character, Sadie, gets married at 16. Yes, she does. And, and she marries uh, someone who's quite a bit older than she Right, and in today's world, especially with all the things that are going on, that could be quite controversial. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. It was, I think it was probably a little controversial even at that particular point in time. Her dad certainly wasn't happy. So, well, let's go ahead and tell us a little bit about your book, uh, Miss Sadie's Song. Okay, as I said, it's about um, a young girl that marries a person who is returning from the military. Uh, she's 16 years old, and he is um, approximately 26 at the time that they marry. Uh, the book begins in Arkansas. It ends in Kansas City. I think one of the major um, factors so far as Miss Sadie is concerned is that Miss Sadie was a character in my first novel, which was entitled Village Vengeance. She was a minor character, but whenever I went out to discuss Village Vengeance, someone always wanted to know more about Aunt Sadie. She was known as Aunt Sadie in Village Vengeance. So because of the interest, I decided to create uh, her own story a novel about Miss Sadie and her husband, Joe. It, it's funny how sometimes as a writer, um, especially when you're writing series or you're using um, the same character in multiple books, and I, I I do that too, and I also like to, I like to integrate series. Um, but it's funny how they develop on their own and develop their own personalities and characteristics. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. That's true. And when I wrote Village Vengeance, I had no intention of having a series. And both of these are, are standalone books. But I am going to write um, a third novel, and it will be uh, a series because it will be an extension of Miss Sadie's song. And the title of that book will be Joe. Okay. Well, tell us about um, your main characters. Okay. 
Miss Sadie, as I said, when it starts out, she's probably about 15. She is um, one of the younger children to a man who uh, has many children and has married for uh, the second time. Miss Sadie is um, a little bit different than her siblings in that she is um, a really high-spirited young lady. Uh, I think back in the day she would been she would have been known as a finger popping woman, even as a little girl. You know, she was out in the uh, juke joints and so forth, you know, long before she could legally do that. And she continued uh, that lifestyle to to some degree um, throughout her life. She was um, a family woman. She was a strong woman, but uh, she was a very moral woman, but she enjoyed a good time. Okay, and her husband, Joe? Her husband was uh, pretty much the opposite. He was quiet. He was very reserved. He was um, a strong businessman. He was no nonsense. And I think that uh, much of the attraction that he had for uh, young Sadie was the fact that that she was um, a free spirit, which was so different from from him. In fact, they were even different so far as their appearances were concerned. Um, Miss Sadie was um, a redhead. You know, she's African American, but she had um, red hair. Uh, uh, Joe was um, a tall, dark, handsome uh, military person. Now, let me ask you because it's. I, and I've been doing this show 16 seasons, 10 years, um, and you're the first historical romance person I've had on. You're, you're the, actually the first historical um, novelist I've had on at all. What made you decide to pick that genre? Well, you know what? I would have to say that I didn't necessarily pick that genre. It was just what this story because as I said when you know Miss Lady was uh, a character in Village Vengeance and you know she was um, in the in Village Vengeance she wasn't really what I would call an older woman but because of the time period if I made the decision to tell her story it had to start you know, back when she was a young girl, and that would have been um, the early 20s. So I think it was just the the story itself. It's not necessarily that I made a conscious decision to uh, do a historical story. It's just that the story that I had to tell was historical. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Now, are you a history buff? Uh, no, I'm not really, but I have to say that, you know, when I began to to write this book, I felt that I needed for it, even though it's fiction, I felt that it needed to be as factual as possible. So I did do um, some research, you know, so that um, I could get all of the time periods correct because, and I think the time periods that I really hit were um, the 20s. Uh, the 40s, and then uh, the 70s. So I did have to do some research for that. And then also, um, I know that those are very distinctive time periods. Exactly, exactly. And then I also knew that I wanted to be able to um, accurately describe the city or the little town, which is uh, Van Buren. So I did, I took a trip down there. It's not that far from where I am. And it just so happens that um, Van Buren is basically the way that it was in the 20s. It's a historical site. 
In fact, it's um, a tourist site. So I was able to get a really good idea of, um, you know, what the homes looked like, what the downtown area was like, and so forth and so on. So you, and I'm going to applaud you for really taking the the craft seriously and emerging because, um, again, 10 years, I've read a lot of books. I've interviewed a lot of authors. I've edited a lot of books. <laughs> um, and sometimes, okay. even though it's fiction, you have to tell people, okay, can I know it's fiction, but this is uh, belief suspension. So unless we're going for a fan, a fantasy novel, we're going to have yeah. to rein it in. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. It needs to be realistic. And really, one of the things that I wanted to do was, um, even though like I said it, it's not an academic book by any means, but I did want uh, to give some information about those time periods so that, you know, that um, – it could be somewhat educational as well as, as entertaining. But um, the one thing that's really interesting about that is that even though that was one of my goals, uh, when, the, when the book first came out and I went to different book, book clubs and libraries and so forth to talk about it, people skipped over all of that and they just wanted to talk about Joe. <laughs> well, they weren't interested in any of that other stuff. You know, and it's funny because um, as you go out and you promote your book and um, and you go to the different venues, like you said, with book clubs and interviews like this, people folk. It's it's to me as an author, it's always interesting to see how different people took the same story, um, exactly. how different characters spoke to them in different ways, how they picked exactly. up on, you know, how maybe. Somebody like when I was interview um interviewing for my book Her Only Wish, one of the interviewers and she was the only one I did fifteen interviews and she was the only one who focused in on the last names of my characters and the last names were symbolic to those characters, but she was the only one who picked that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. It's interesting. Different people pick up on different things, but uh it's just it was just really interesting to me that they always in this book, they always seem to um, focus on Joe. He was now, Miss Sage, of course, but also her her husband. Well, now you said the time period. Some is in the twenties, and some is in the forties. Um, did you touch on racism? Did they have issues with that in your book? Yes, yes. In fact, and that was that's one of the things I really would like for people to look at. In fact, I think I'm going to to um, add a little bit to to them to Miss Sadie's song. I think I'm going to to pull it down and put some uh, questions that book clubs might want to explore. You know, if they're going to review the book, but in them at the very beginning when we were, you know, dealing with the 20s, and this was before they got married, there's a very significant um, incident that occurs that has to do with racism and the way that it was handled at that particular point in, in time. And um, that's all, you know, I don't want to give away too much, but, but um, yes, absolutely. I don't, in, in fact, I can't believe that we can write a book that is about African-American characters regardless of what the time period is and not address racism at some level. Well said. 
with that deep, deep thought, we're going to take our first commercial break, and I got a song coming up for you. So dig the tune I'm about to spin, and we'll be back after I pay some bills and you hear some words from our sponsor. We're having date night with author Ingrid Brown of Miss Sadie's Song. We'll be back. This is Destiny Carter, and you're on Destiny Carter Radio by Launchpad.
Texas author and literary personality Destiny Carter coming to you for Book Basics Writer's Workbook. Have you written a book or thinking of writing a book and don't know where to go next? The Book Basics Writer's Workshop Seminars are for you, the new writer or the writer who needs help navigating the sometimes difficult publishing industry. Seminars include building a book budget, picking a publisher, choosing an editor, interviewing 101, and marketing 101. All sessions include the Book Basics Writer's Workbook and a discount on other sessions. For information or class registration, email creativetouchtrailers at gmail.com. Welcome back out there. It's your girl, author and literary personality, Destiny Carter. And, of course, you are on a date with Destiny. Tonight we're talking with author Ingrid Brown and Midwest Girl. How are you, Ingrid? You still with us? I'm still with you. All right. Well, now this is your second book, um, which spurred from your first book. But what I want to do now is talk a little bit about the process, uh, the writing industry, and you're independently published, um, correct? That's correct. Um, and who did you use for your independent publishing? Okay, well, the, my process has been a little bumpy because when I first started, as I indicated, these books are being republished now, but they were published uh, before uh, a few years ago. And at that time, I knew nothing. I mean, I knew absolutely nothing about the process. I've, you know, I've written all my life, but not professionally, and I didn't know anything about the process. So um, I didn't do the editing. I didn't do a lot of the things that I should have done. But the first time, both of the books were published through um, a vanity company called Ex Libra. And um, so I made the decision, you know, that I wanted to, to uh, take them off take both of the books off the market and do them as they should have been done the first time. So mm -hmm. I did that and I, you know, went through the editing process and the, um, uh, what do I want to say, the, see the editing and what else, what else, did, what other process did I need to go to, go through? Marketing, promotions, all the, all the, all the, steps that, that I needed, that I should have done in the beginning. And that time, this time, I have um, really self-published. I've used um, a lady by the name of Mary, um, I can't think of anybody's last name, Mary Finley. And she is the one who's, who's done the actual uploading and so forth. But the, this time, they are self-published, uh, and I'm hoping that both of these works are much more professional, uh, that they're much more professional pieces than they were the first time. The story is the same, but hopefully they're they're much more professionally done. And see, I'm, I'm glad you said that because a lot of new authors, they don't understand that this is a business. And it's true that you only have the first time to make a first impression, which is why, and I experienced the same thing. I got taken advantage of, and I told the story all the time here on Date Night. Um, when I first published, I published with a vanity company, too, called Publish America. 
Um, and their reputation got so bad that they had to go out of the business and change their name. Um, I signed a seven-year oh. contract. There was no editing. Um, I didn't know about the editing either. Um, they owned my cover because they provided the cover, so they owned my cover. And then they priced my book at $21. So a first-time author trying to sell a paperback book at $21 is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I did make sure that I owned the copyright for the book and I did the uh the cover. So I wanted See. to make sure that I owned everything, but I you know, I still didn't I still didn't know it. I didn't have as much information as I should have and as you indicated, I certainly didn't think of it as a business. And you know, well, and I published my first book back when um self-publishing, independent publishing was really new. Um, and there wasn't a lot, there was a lot of sharks out there trying to take advantage. Um, there were a lot of people out there just putting anything out there and calling it urban lit. And that's a whole nother discussion because I have a real problem with that. Um, I, I think it cheapens the industry. I think it cheapens the genre. I think it makes people very leery to buy our work and, and to do a book right. It takes money, especially if you're going to independently publish. You have to pay an editor. You need a professional cover. You need a professional galley. Um, an inside galley is not an easy thing to do. Um, an yeah. ebook galley is not an easy thing to do. Those are things that if you are not a graphic designer or aren't willing to sit down and take classes, because after I got screwed so royally, um, I decided to learn every spec of the business and then I even opened my own publishing house um I wrote a book called uh book basics um and I turned it into a workshop so twice a year I do online seminars and I and, and the and the book it's a workbook so it includes stuff like how to interview how to pick a publisher um how to pick an editor how to um put together a book tour how to hire a publicist those are things that Unless you know, you don't know, and you need direction on. So I put together all these, you know, I put together this workbook as a resource, um, and I update it yearly. So I hope that it's helped, you know, a lot of authors in the process as well. Yes, yes. You need that kind of, of guidance because, as I said, you know, if you don't know, you don't know. Uh, and sometimes you can make some really huge mistakes. I think that one thing that, that has been to my advantage, because as you said, you only get once to make a first ex, uh, ex impression. But I think that the one thing that I had in my favor is that both of these stories are good stories. You know, there were some other things that, sh that weren't done as they should have been, but they're good stories. So I think that people have been... Um, very kind and willing to uh, accept the fact that now they've been redone and that they're done more professionally this time. Because, like you said, you know, you do it does take it takes money and it it takes time and it takes knowledge. You have to know. What and, the it take, are and it so takes and it takes and it takes a good team because everybody Absolutely. out here who is claiming to be a graphic designer or an editor, um, especially with the boom of independent publishing, it's not true. Um, some of yeah. them are out there just to take your money, you know, and yeah. and not provide or perform. 
Yeah, yeah. Now, with the the covers for both of my books, the first one with um, Miss Sadie Song, I did use a graphic artist. And what I did is I told him exactly what I wanted. I told him exactly what I wanted it to look like, and he was able to duplicate that with no problem. And then with the second one, um, that particular artist wasn't available, but I was able to do the same thing. I knew exactly what I wanted it to look to look like, and I really like um, the cover that I have for Miss Sadie's song. Um, and that's important, that? too, because, well, no, I, I think that that's important, too, because um, as my company grows, I'm a lot more hands-off than I was when we first started. However, mm-hmm. when I consult with a client on a book cover or even um, the editing, because it's important especially with the editing that you that you jive with your editor that they understand the genre that they understand the story that you're trying to tell that they understand your voice because an editor's job is to hear the story through your voice and make the corrections uh grammatically and story-wise that the readers need to see for the story to be professional and finished Exactly. And even so far as time is concerned, because, you know, as we I indicated before, you know, I did take some time to do research and so forth about each one of the time periods. But, you know, I, I missed some things. And one of the things that my editor was able to bring to my attention is that I had a character who um, had some respiratory problems. And I never say what the respiratory problems are, but I had him using an inhaler. And she brought to my attention that the inhaler wasn't invented to like 10 years after I had him using it. (laughs) Right. And that's that's a good editor's job is to like one time I was editing and and it was a guy uh, and he had his main character who was a straight diva showing up at a charity ball in um, denim jeans and a leather jacket. And I was like, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, those kinds of things are important because I remember just as a a beta reader, I had a a person who wanted me to read her work, and it was about a female gang, and this was supposed to be back in the 70s, and she had the gang members using cell phones. Well, no, we didn't have cell phones at that particular point in time. So she changed that and had them using um, walkie-talkies instead. You know, so you you need to know the time that you're writing about so that the information uh, is believable because it has to be at least to some some extent accurate. Right. Um, and, and because, like I said, there, if, you're reading, if you're reading a fantasy novel, something like Lord of the Rings, you expect um, some belief suspension. But if you're reading, you know, if you're reading a novel about everyday people, everyday life situations, you expect some reality in it. Exactly. Exactly. So, and and, and like you said, it's important to do research as well, because if you don't understand what you're writing about, you know what I'm saying, then I don't think you can tell an accurate or interesting story, and that's just my point of view from what I've learned. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's that's true because even fiction, you know, has to have some reality. You know, it, it really does. Right. I think all good fiction is based on a little bit of reality because when I wrote one of my books, my family swore 
that it was about me. Uh, and I was like, yeah. um, no, but thanks for the compliment. <laughs> yeah. Now, Village Vengeance is based on actual facts. Miss um, Sadie's song is total fiction. Well, it's it, it's fiction. It is fiction. Now, there's some things that actually happen, but it is basically fiction. Village Vengeance was based on actual facts, actual events. Well, and, and and that's good to know. Now, how have you found what, okay, we talked about, you know, doing the editing different, um, but from a mm-hmm. business standpoint, um, besides the production of the book, what would what are you doing differently now than you did when you first published uh, your first book? Okay. <clears throat> One of the things that I'm doing for sure that I didn't do at all before, you know, and I know that that's, that's hard to believe, but it's promotion. I didn't, you know, I didn't think that promotion was, I didn't even think about it. So I didn't, I did really no promotion except for, you know, things locally, you know, things were done, uh, word of mouth, you know, those kinds of things so far as ever even thinking about an interview or uh, any of those things. I, I just never, I never did. What I did before was book clubs. I went to, to libraries. And then the other thing, uh, Destiny, is that I never did anything unless, I, unless someone contacted me. You know, people would hear, and they would contact me and ask me to, to go different places. I didn't reach out to do anything. And, now that's that's and, remarkable. That's crazy, but that's the way I did it. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and, and you say it's hard to believe, but it's not because a lot of authors – fall into that pitfall Um, because here's the thing creative people it tends to be very hard for them to get in the uh, very structured business mindset and I think that promotion falls into the business part of it because it's like okay you could write a you could write a New York Times bestseller the hottest romance ever and if you don't have the promotion or nobody knows about it, who's going to read exactly. it? Um, exactly. Exactly. Nothing happens with it. Yeah, that's true. Right. And, of course, the other thing with writing is that writers, the writing is an introverted activity. Right. And promoting is an extroverted activity. Correct. So sometimes it's hard. You know, it's really hard to, to come out of that shell and um, – Relate for some. with people. And see, and for me, I love that part. That is my my oh. favorite. Um, my first book, and, and here's the oh. other thing that I always tell my um, new authors. You have to build what I call a book budget. You need to be realistic. Yeah. You need to, to do some research. Find out how much it costs, not just for an editor, but for a good editor. How much it costs for a graphic designer. Um, who's going to set up your Amazon or Barnes and Noble account or however, how are you going to distribute your book? Um, I, our company does Amazon, of course, Barnes and Noble, but I also have an independent printer. And as a publisher, um, all of my clients books are also available on our website, um, for purchase. So those things too, how are you going, how is your book going to be distributed? How are people going to be able to buy this book? Are you going to do just ebook? Are you going to do paperback? Um, all of those things need to be built into your book budget. And, and and that way you can see where the money is going or where you need to put the money as well. 
Exactly. And you and you you'll know how much money you need before you even start. That's right. um another factor because sometimes, you know, you, if you get started and you don't have the funds to do the things that need to be done, then that should it should delay your publication because you don't want to publish it until you have gone through all of the steps that need to be taken. Right. And as, and as someone who's on the other side, the graphic designer, the editor, whatever, it's very frustrating when you have a client and you have to chase them down for payment because they didn't budget enough to finish paying for the project. Yes, I could imagine. I could imagine that that certainly would be. And once again, you were talking about delaying release dates because the work is not going to be done until it's paid for. Right. Um, and also... Yes. A lot of authors don't know that you should not be paying for interviews. Um, I started doing my show 10 years ago before Blog Talk really blew up. Um, when A Day With Destiny first started, we were on Blog Talk Radio. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard of Blog Talk, um, but it used to be free. And then everybody decided that they wanted to have a talk show. I want to say I went to college and got a journalism degree. This is part of my passion. And so I put on, and I like to present a professional product. Now, not everybody has a professional show. And I think it's also important before you agree to interviews or before you ask for interviews to know who's interviewing you and even listen to their show or figure out, is it going to be the best way to promote your book? And do you want to attach your project um, to that person, to, the, to their channel? Yeah, I think that that's important. And one of the other things that I have um, begun to really realize is that I think it's pretty important for you to have an understanding of who the audience is for Correct. the person who's interviewing you. Because sometimes, you know, because if, if the audience is strictly urban fiction, then they're not going to be interested in Miss Sadie's song. Correct. You know, that. that you have that, so you have to take those kinds of things into consideration, I believe, as well. And that's why I love my listeners so, because we've had, I mean, we've had from science fiction with energy a ride to urban fiction to um, biographies. We, my listeners, they like it, they love it all. Um, and I, it's kind of for me, it's kind of like music because I listen to everything from country to hard rock to R&B to rap. I mean, I like it all. And I think in order to be a well-rounded person, you have to be at least willing. And I think that that's one thing that my listeners will offer you is the opportunity to win them over for your book. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that I've found, too, because as I said, I have been to a lot of uh, book clubs, you know, to review my book, but now I am a part of a book club. In fact, I'm the president of a book club that's attached to my church. And one of the things that has happened with that is that, of course, each member has the opportunity to um, re to recommend a book. So everybody does a recommendation, and then we make up our book list for the entire year. And what happens with that is that a lot of us have read books that we never would have even considered uh, before. Because Yeah, because even now I've never been one that was into science fiction, but one of our members um, recommended a book that was science fiction, and we loved it. 
it wasn't, you know, it was totally different than we expected. So I think that it is, it is important, you know, to try to broaden your horizons and try to, to read a variety of, of genres and so forth. Uh, and some people are willing to do that, but then there, there's, then there are also those who um, are not so much and you, and that's fine too. That's fine too. Everybody gets to make their own decisions. Yeah, I I don't know. I guess I'm just I'm a bookworm to begin with because like I like everything from James Patterson to Donald Goins. So yeah, you know yeah. And everything and everything in between. So I I think it's important because you, I, you learn and you get to see different points of view. Now growing up, we didn't have that many options. Like for us, it was Nora Roberts or Danielle Steele or. Who was the other one? There was three of them. Um, and that was pretty much it, you know, for yeah. for the romance. And then Zane burst on the scene, and she just changed my whole world. Um, and it still blows my mind now that we're Facebook friends and that we chat back and forth from time to time. It, it With people like her and Terry McMillan and, um, you know, those kind of people who have entered my circle via social media and actually um, offer advice and talk to me and correspond with me. It, it's amazing the things that social media has brought in. Now, I have to totally agree with that because I can remember uh, my son brought me into Facebook kicking and screaming because I just didn't see any point in doing that. And now I spend so much time on Facebook. It's just <laughs> when I, the first thing I do when I get up in the morning is check <laughs> Facebook to see who said what while I was asleep. You know. Oh, it, it um, can be a great time suck. Now, and it's funny that you say that because I only joined because my publicist at the time told me if I didn't join some social media, um, because I was totally against MySpace. Back then, MySpace was hot, and Facebook was brand new. And um, she was like, you have to join some social media, or I'm going to drop you as a client. Yeah, well, I did MySpace, and you know that was good for me. But um, as I said, for whatever reason, I, I just didn't want to do. I didn't want to do anything else. You know, when when MySpace kind of fizzed out. But my son insisted, and it's been you know it's it's been great for me socially as well as professionally. Um, a lot of the contacts that I have now, so far as. Um, uh, editing and proofread all of those all of those people I found on Facebook. Right. And and we're Facebook yeah. friends and that's actually how this interview uh came about. Exactly. Exactly. So Facebook is is my best friend right now. I think it's important that we um as authors learn to use effectively all the tools um that are available to us. Um and because it's it's in this day and age, it's still hard to sell a book to people who don't read books. You know what I mean? And we're we're yeah. a very in, we're a very instant gotta have it right now society. That's how to me ebooks came about. And I've seen um, the boom of ebooks, and I and now I'm seeing the decline and people returning back to you know paper books and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, once again, you know, my, if if it wasn't for my son, I probably wouldn't do anything. But he was the one that introduced me to the Kindle as well. He gave he gave me a Kindle for Christmas one year, and again, I was like, well, what am I supposed to do with this? And and he took me into <laughs> uh, 
my my home office and I have this bookcase that is just, you know, just brimming with books. And he said, do you see this? And I said, yes. And he said, you can have all of that in your hand. And it was like, oh. <laughs> that's, a very, that's a very good uh, way to explain it and, and to put it. And that's, that's very true. Yeah. That's how it goes, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but but I I think I really I really enjoy both. I do the you know I do the Kindle because like you said I like for things to, for me to be able to get things instantly, and then also you know I don't want to have it, so many books. But then there there are books that I need to have um, because you know sometimes if I want to refer back to them if, as references or if it's an author that I really enjoy, then I want the book that I can put my hands on. So I think there's there's room for both of them. The other thing that I'm hoping to to get into pretty as well as soon as possible is the audio. Uh, a lot of people really enjoy that. So that's the next thing. One thing for sure, you know, when we're talking about the process is that I have to say that this has been a tremendous learning process for me. Because everything that I'm doing now is something that I've never done before, you know, so it's, it's really been a learning process. And I have to really take my hat off to, um, this is a relative that I found online. We've never met each other, but she's a relative of mine, and she is in the industry. Her name is Lisa uh, Sadler. And she has helped me so tremendously. It's just unbelievable. And I appreciate her patience, you know, because sometimes, um there are things that I, I don't know and I don't want to know. <laughs> and she says, well, yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> so she just kind of nudges me along, and she's just really been um, a godsend for me. Right. I, I totally agree. We have come to um, the point where we need to take our final break because Destiny got bills to pay. We're listening to Date Night with Ingrid Brown and – Destiny Carter, author and literary personality, sponsored by Emerald Star Press, publishing from the author's point of view, and also Creative Touch Design Firm. We will be right back. We're distributed by Launchpad.com. After these messages from those sponsors, we'll be right back. It's date night. Whatever it is I do, I try to think oh, about you. I have a love for you, but nothing hides me. Oh, whatever it is I do, I'm always thinking of you. I hope you look at me, be patient. sponge and sinks to you. Open up your mind, I know you're saying you. 
Reality early to the lack of love Reason Help me, I think I'm falling It's not for love and I quest the why I don't know if I'm right, I'm right But if I'm wrong, then show me I'm wrong The fear of pity is always awake But infinite sympathy's completely gone It's the windows, the doors, the passageways to the truth Oh my God, that echoes the mind And total recall is wild as the deuce So deceiving is the clouded heart So superficial is the open wound I caress the infinite light that even at night overshadows the moon and sings to you. It misconstrued my answers due to the lack of love. <laughs> Reason. An Urban Romance by Destiny Carter Isis Masters finally has her life back on track. After losing the love of her life, she picks up and starts a movie studio in Cable Channel. She has everything a woman could want, including a hot, adoring man. When Cameron Fears re-enters her life, she struggles with risking it all to capture what she once had with the love of her life. When a twisted secret is revealed, fate may have its way. After all, the years of heartbreak and distance, no relationship is safe. No one will come out the same. Available on Amazon.com and where all great books are sold.
Welcome back out there. It's your girl, DJ Dez. And if you don't know where you are by now, you're drinking and give me some. <laughs> we are having date night with author Ingrid Brown of Miss Sadie's Song. And we've been talking about her book, the industry, the process, all the good stuff that, you know, I always bring to you. It's season 16. What do you want from your girl? Ingrid, what I want from you is to tell my listeners how they can find your work, where they can get in contact with you, and those type things. Okay. Okay. Well, first of all, I I can say that uh, both of the books are available on Amazon. And if you go to my um, website, you can get the link. And my website is www.arthurangridbrown.com. Um, if you want to send me a message, you can email me at ArthurIngridBrown at gmail.com. I'm on Facebook under Arthur Ingrid Brown. And then also I have um, a short story that is on a blog, and the blog address is IngridBrownWrites at blogspot.com. Cool, cool, cool. Well, I want to thank you so much for being here on date night with us and telling us all about your books. And I hope it was a great experience for you. Well, it has been. And I want to thank you for inviting me. It's been a great time. And we'll have to do this again for the next book. Yes, we will. I'm hoping that Joe will be, I'm going to say, um, at least by the end of the year. I was thinking maybe September, but let's say for sure uh, Joe should come out by the end of the year. That sounds look just in time for Christmas, right? Just in time for Christmas. <laughs> All right. Well, I have been your host, author, and literary personality, Destiny Carter. We are distributed through Launchpad.com, sponsored by Emerald Star Press and Creative Touch Design Firm, offering the author a published, ready, market-ready book. Oh, I screwed up their tagline. They're going to kill me. Let's try that again. <laughs> Creative Touch Design Firm offering you a market-ready published book. From manuscript to book, they got everything you need. Hit them up at creativetouchtrailers at gmail.com for pricing information. And also emeraldstarpress.net and Essential Kisses Boutique offering you spa-quality products at an affordable price. So, until the next time you're under the sound of my voice for author Ingrid Brown, I'm Destiny Carter. Don't miss your destiny. Good night, all. This podcast content has been brought to you by Destiny Carter Radio, a subsidiary of Emerald Stars Media. For more podcast content, visit DestinyCarterRadio.com